we're on. We're on. I've got the thing saying, don't close the app while recording. Hello, uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to, is it, I don't know if this is now episode three or because we've had two that have failed. <laughs> and this is the, this is our third attempt uh, at a, at a, at a podcast. Call them pilot shows, sir. Yeah, pilot shows, exactly. The lost tapes, as we were saying earlier on. So welcome to what is, I suppose, <laughs> we managed to get it up, uh, the first episode of the Questionable Album Club. Uh, where we discuss questionable albums. That's all we do. Uh, joining, oh, my name is Seb Hunter, and joining me today is Marcus Kingwell. Hello, Marcus. Hello, good evening, listeners and Seb and friends. And we have uh, Mr. Stephen Webster. Hello, Steve. Good evening, Seb and everyone. And Steve Gibson, finally. Hello, all. Good evening. Uh, sadly, we don't have Mr. Oakshot, Owen Oakshot, with us today, but he will hopefully be with us next time. Uh, today we are going to, even though the last one we recorded uh, didn't record properly, uh, we still the, the 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 structure of what we do. We we talk about an album, and then at the end of our fascinating chat, one of us then nominates an album for us all to listen to, which we then all listen to and then talk about on the next one. And at the end of our last episode, which was uh, which was the one we did was Drastic Symphony by Def Leppard, their symphonic symphonic versions, symphonic and in inverted commas versions of uh, hits and non-hits at the end of that episode uh, it was mr webster's uh, turn to choose and he chose uh, a 1974 album by humble pie called thunderbox and that is what we are talking about today um uh, i'll just give it a quick overview because people have listened to it and looked up a bit it's came out in 1974 steve marriott obviously the main guy in Humble Pie at that time after Peter Cranch had left. Um, I won't go through the personnel, but um, it was their seventh album. This is, this, I've got a big already. Uh, I didn't realise they'd made so many albums. This is a kind of, a, I didn't really, I know, that, I know all I know about Humble Pie previous to this was like, they were sort of slightly earnestly bluesy, Steve Marriott, Peter Frampton. Uh, so yeah, seventh album, they were kind of on their way down, but it was point seven out of the. This is always a sign for me. Seven out of the twelve songs are cover versions. Uh, so, uh, who wants to start? Uh, Steve, Mr. Webster, why don't you just talk about why did you choose this album? Uh, the first thing I I thought you were going to say was how you knew Humble Pie was. Um, uh, I don't need no doctor. I assume that was going to be your kind of pathway into to Humble Pie. Um, because obviously no. I know what a huge Wasp fan you are. Oh, was um, that? <laughs> Steve Gibson is the big Wasp fan, not me. I do like it, obviously. That was yeah, a humble pie song. It was. Yeah, yeah. Steve Gibson, did you know that? Yes, I did, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, come on. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I suppose maybe 10 seconds on why I chose this is because I hadn't heard it. Um, I'm uh, um, a huge Steve Marriott fan in, in terms of um, just a, a voice I don't think like any other. Um, and everything he's done, I've, I've been interested in, but I'd never come across this. And I think it's probably because, you know, it never got a UK release and, until um, uh, the likes of Spotify obviously enabled us to, to listen to it. Um, and I kind of knew vaguely that it was a band that potentially were going to be huge and were on the cusp of being huge for a long time. And, and this was, I guess, the start of the, of the fall from grace, which was why I thought it'd be interesting for, for myself to hear it for the first time and for 
everyone else to hear it for the first time as well. So, um, uh, yeah, let's um, let's maybe pile in with all our boots. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Steve Gibson, what was your what was your? Uh, we'll go straight into uh, you can have the first dibs. Yeah, I've got quite a lot to say about this this album, as as opposed to the Drastic Symphonies, which I think got, I gave four out of two hundred or whatever the score. <laughs> it was not very. <laughs> Is that of a hundred, not two hundred? Well, two then, two then out of a (laughs) hundred. Fractions. Um, Well, I, I, um, my, I knew Humble Pie because of Live at the Fillmore East because I was in a band and we had we covered the first song on that, which was um, I can't remember it, but it was quite, it was good, and I quite liked that album. But I'd never really, you know, I've never minded it. It's been on, so I was quite intrigued by this. and coming to it cold, now, now now I know a little bit of the history. You can see it as maybe on the way down, all the covers and the rest of it. But I have to say, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought the star of the show for me was Jerry Shirley, the drummer, yeah. who, interestingly, I looked at, I loved his playing on this, really groovy. Uh, interestingly, his, his role call of other people he's played with is Sid Barrett, Sammy Hagar, Badfinger, <laughs> Alexis Corner, and... And wasted. I, mean, I knew this was coming. Wasted. Well, when in your thanks, Marcus, in your own time, mate. When you got your turn, you can come out with your facts. <laughs> Don't hear Sid Barrett and Sammy Hagar often in the same fashion. Wasted and fastway. So I've actually seen Jerry Shirley live, which made me quite happy. Um, I've only got crosses by two of the songs, which is Anna and Drift Away, and I think that's because I don't. I'm not a big solely sort of person, so when it drifts into that solely vibe. And ballads as well. It just does nothing for me. But the rest of it, it seems pretty much of a muchness. The only, my only other criticism personally would be that it's just overtly trying to be an American album when they're all obviously not from America, which kind of, you have to sort of, you know, suspend your disbelief, suspend your disbelief a bit. But I enjoyed it. And I always quite enjoy hearing him sing, uh, Steve Merritt. So, yeah, I was, it was quite surprising, really. It was, um, yeah, that's, that's that. I mean... I like the backing vocals and um, some of the some of the riffs and stuff. It was great, yeah. So, not that questionable from my from my from my point of view, to be yeah, honest. Suspiciously, so. suspiciously positive there, Steve. Marcus, <laughs> can you, Marcus, can you shed a little light? What did you? Well, can I just put him with the, I, I, just him with this fact, please? To ruin okay, Marcus. so you got you got a fact? <laughs> yeah, come on then, quickly. Facts. Over the top of when I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'm a bit cross actually because. I was really hoping from, from Steve to have like a him to really hate it and to lay into it because you know I'm, I'm used to negativity from Gibson, but so um, you know the, the positivity has come as quite a shock. Excuse me, excuse me. This is we're hardly we're hardly, we're hardly this is the demographic of the albums on here are hardly to you know hardly in the top ten put it that way. So well, <laughs> what do you expect? But anyway, I I have to I have to say I find myself agreeing with with Gibson, and this is. Um, I thought this was fantastic. I stuck it on in the car today and just got into it from the word go. I think I knew nothing about Humble Pies. Like you said, it was a name of one of those bands that were sort of around in the early 70s. I was too young. They weren't, weren't a singles band, so I didn't hear it as a kid. Never really f- found out what they were about subsequently. Um, didn't know that's that Dr. Track that Steve Webster referred to earlier on. Didn't know the Wasp cover. So everything was new on here, apart from I recognise some of the covers. But I just, I'm, I really love that early 70s feel. It feels like the soundtrack from, you know, the Life on Mars TV series or something like that. Wonderful, nostalgic feel to it. I love the the soliness, the, the 
The drumming I thought was phenomenal. A uh, couple of the ones here, and uh, uh, no way I thought was just and uh, rally with Ali, just mind blowing. I could listen to the drumming on that all day long. So spot on. I I lost lost it for only for the last two songs. Again, I agree with Steve. I'm surprising myself here. Drift away. I didn't like. Um, I found out it's it's Greg Ridley sings on that rather than Steve, ah. and it's it's one of those sort of slightly weird things like in uh, i'm a big faces fan and and it's you know ronnie lane who's got quite a nice voice but why would you let ronnie lane sing when you've got rod stewart in the band it sort of <laughs> baffles me why did they let greg have a song when you've got steve marriott in the band sing a song i like it just a little bit of variety oh, okay. i don't think it's quite well, the same here but i but i know what you mean i like it when 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 a different singer sings a song I like. well on this particular one I, I thought um it just it just felt like um a completely different uh, thing altogether and the oh la di la da whatever it was at the end i oh, thought well yeah. it's, it's a bit of fun it reminded me of the choir boys actually or maybe uh, maybe they should be the other way around. it could be could it be a choir boys b-side or even an a-side but man. there we go that's my overview a, a very happy listen i've been i've listened to it twice today it was that good yeah i i i agree i i was pleasantly surprised by it i thought um i think it, the, the star vehicle is his voice his voice is just a thing of wonder i mean even the sort of slightly the slow burning blues covers you think oh here's another one but his voice is so fantastic the grain of it is just such a beautiful thing to behold you sort of think you say okay well i'm not gonna listen to this song particularly but i'm just gonna listen to the vocal performance and i think the uh the the, the, the female vocalist the i think all the blackberries they're fantastic they're just really great the drumming's fantastic a little bit of a shake it's amazing what you can do with a you know with a, with a shaker and some female backing vocalists, isn't it to kind of instant soul music? <laughs> Certainly is. Yeah. But I, I thought it was brilliant. I, but I, I agreed. I thought the originals were really good. I thought my, my favourite songs were the fast, more driving ones, Thunderbox and No Way and Rally with Ali. The the original compositions. I, I kind of get the feeling that I know Marriott was obviously a lot of substance issues, drinking, coke, and all that sort of stuff, relationships and all sort of, and they weren't selling the records they thought they were going to. But you sort of get the feeling that. If you look at the, it's that period in the seventies when when all bands were doing, they would release an album every year. They would release an album every year and do a massive tour every year. So clearly, the mental state he was in, because he, yeah, he was the, he wrote. Well, I didn't realise I was having Luke Luke Rock say he wrote almost all the songs for Small Faces, and he was really very much the creative driving force as well as the you know, singer interpreter. But I imagine you get the feeling that, that with the punishing touring uh, uh, schedule and having to record new albums every year they just he just didn't have the quality you know, the original songs and the album before this was like a, a double album wasn't it mm. so i think there's just they're just suffering from quality control really but i thought i thought it was a brilliant as a record the production was really good i thought it just sounded punchy and sort of compressed he produced it that's another thing he produced it himself you know there's no outside producers it's all him so it's so much pressure on on one bloke and having to go off on these tours as well. And he was happy, he had serious, like, you know, again, reading about it, he had proper mental health issues. He just didn't want to go out and talk because he knew how self-destructive he was when he was on the road. So he comes home completely frazzled and has to write songs and do covers and arrange it all and sing it all. So not surprising it all went, you know, it all went down. <coughs> also, the album, I've, I've listened to the albums either side of this and the one after this, I think it's called Street Rats. It's absolutely fucking awful. It's really bad. It's got, I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of reviews of this one are saying that the kind of noise around this record is, oh, this is this, this is the descent, this is the. It, but I really like this, like everyone else, I, just because I don't know anything else, I can't really contact, compare it to any of the others. But I did listen to the one after, and it is an absolute dog. It sounds like Tank or Bad Venom. It's just got that awful, muddy production. It just sounds like a lost, you know, 
Anyway, Steve, so what were your thoughts, mate? Well, I know you've talked about your, your, the reason why you chose it, but you actually you haven't actually said what you thought of it. No, um, I, I, I'm trying to look at it in isolation here. I think if this was the first album that I came across, I would, I would have that kind of, if, if the first Humble Pie album that I came across, I'd kind of have this smugness of finding a, a bit of a hidden gem. I think it's, you know, I, I agree with most of what people have said here. Um, I've actually probably got more criticism maybe than, than, than others. Um, you know, I think there's some, there is some real laziness in there and, and you can kind of maybe excuse that. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> I guess there's probably um, all the history as to why this was allowed to be released in the, in, in the way that it was, perhaps why there wasn't more pushback. Um, you know, did, the, did the label just give up and go, OK, well, we'll put it out um, and we'll just put it out in the States. Um, uh, so there seemed to be a case of, of them almost shooting each other in the, in the feet, really. Um, I, I, there's some in, interesting stuff in there. I actually really like Drift Away, but I don't think it should be on this album. I think, you know, that's a song that, that kind of demands a, a deep, soulful voice. Um, and I think Greg Ridley does a fantastic job on there. But yeah, why the hell is it on there? That really was probably, you know, we've got an hour left in the studio, lads. Um, let's let's do that thing we do in soundcheck. I think that was probably pretty much the size of it. But actually, I, I think as a version of that song, um, I think it's great. Um, I think No Money Down is is super lazy. Um, you know, if you're going to throw a, a Chuck Berry song on there, then it's you know that's a sign of a bit of a, a lack of ambition anyway. But that to me sounded like something that George Thorogood would have done an awful lot better, probably, you know, half a dozen years later. Um, but overall, I really like it. I think it's, you know, there's, there's no obvious hits on there. It's all, it's all, it's all got a lot of kind of sort of quality. It's, it's, it's yeah, there's a, there's a vibe yeah. running through yeah. most of it. And I think that probably shows that it was done, you know, it was done in a short period of time. Um, uh, the backing the backing singers are uh, as great as, as as they always are in, in a lot of the earlier work as well. I think it starts really interesting because I think those, those first that first kind of half a minute of Thunderbox feels for me like you're going to get a completely different album. There's almost like a kind of Boston or Journey vibe to it. I don't know if anyone else kind of thought that, but it, it really felt. Oh, like it changes like, key after the first twenty seconds. It's pretty. Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that before. Um, so I thought that was that, that was an interesting kind of start, and that, uh, I don't know if it was recorded in order, but clearly they were a lot fresher at that point, and perhaps you know had a few more um, ideas. Um, but yeah, um, I agree with what some of the guys have said in terms of standout tracks for me were um, Rally with Ali. I think it's fantastic. Um, every single day, I, I really like as well. Um, in terms of the covers, Ninety Nine Pounds was a, is a, I didn't know that as a stone song. Um, and um, I'm going to seek out the original of that because I think that's I think that's um, I think it's great. I'm not sure about the guitar playing though. I think I I think you're right. I think this vehicle, this album, is a vehicle for for Steve Merritt's voice. Um, Look, I think uh, the guitar playing it's good. It's it's Clem Clemson. It's I think it's really good. I mean, it's not it's not it's not razzle dazzle. It's not hey look at me, but it, it's tasteful. It does the job. Mm. It's not it's not it's not guitar hero album at all but it just it's but i like that I, you know you're not thinking oh here he goes he's got he, he's got what, eight bars to do to do his best it's it's all nice it's all nice playing you know yeah yeah and it's i i suppose that's it really i, I think you know 
you look at the guitar playing when when Frampton was there, obviously just for a relatively short period of time, and you kind of think, okay, this is a this is a band that has got everything. As you mentioned, obviously Jerry Shirley as well. It's it's a it's a kind of super group, um, and it feels that it feels that certainly on this album, you know, that there yeah there are no fireworks, and that's that's probably deliberate. But overall, I love it. As I say, I think it it feels like a hidden gem. Um, and uh, you know you can certainly have it um, uh, on a on a long journey. Um, it would, it would, yeah, Marcus. Uh, Marcus said about driving. It seems to me I haven't listened mm. to it in the car, but I, it, it, Marcus said it's a good drive. I can imagine it's a good driving album. Mm. Oh, it's, it's just, kind it's of just, compressed just bang on. Well, you know what I mean? It has, yeah, really, really punchy. Um, it's got that nice. Mid. It's got familiarity to it, but it's just so well executed. I mean, there's a few things I'd I'd put down. Thunderbox actually reminded me of. It's like a prototype ACDC. Yeah, it's some of the chords, the way they were changing, yeah. and the the. But also with the, the kind of bounce that ACDC has that so many other bands fail to have, where they just lock into a a solid beat rather than a beat a beat which has a skip to it or a or a bounce. You know, I thought that was it's it's another testament to jerry's drumming which i thought was was fantastic um grooving with jesus i thought was absolutely brilliant it, it's the sort of song that would get me jumping around the kitchen really funky uh it's got the whole album had that feeling of you know just pointing a couple of microphones at a band in a room and almost like a jam session you know quite mm. yeah uh, I, barely orchestrated I thought, I thought but with jesus I, was a bit audacious actually because because it comes in it is such a kind of james Bryan, james james Bryan, james yeah Oh, yeah. organ yeah. funk yeah. vamp you know what i mean it's yeah. famously that you just think oh it's almost nothing famous. to it it's it's just a muck it's like a jam session they kept the tapes rolling and then they put some lyrics over but that doesn't matter to me because that's it's just this lovely organic thing happening i agree it was it, what's weird is a lot of the reviews of this i've looked at a bit of the meta stuff around it i, I say, complain about it's the terrible production it's really tinny it's really thin sounding but i don't think it is i mean but I think on its own terms, it sounds full and wide. It sounds, you know, it sounds like a, I mean, it's slightly compressed, slightly midi. But, but interestingly, I went back and I listened to the the most, well, the most, the the most kind of critically acclaimed post Frampton Thunder High record, which is Smoking, one before the one before this one, and it sounds completely different. It's got way more bottom end. It's a lot more of a sort of like big rounded seventies production. And if you listen to them back to back, it sounds a lot. You know that that's one of the reasons I suspect why this one's got a bit of a bad reputation because sonically it's really thin compared to that previous one. Although on its own terms, it sounds completely fine. You wouldn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that, I think that's part of its charm, isn't it? Because it, it kind yeah. of feels like may it might even be a band that's never made it that is actually really good at what they do, but has never made it big as as kind of self-funded, self-produced, and and so yeah. you know it's, and it's, it's not, got it's good not, but not it's great not a bad production. production. It's not like, it hasn't got like yeah. get, like terrible reverbs or gated drums or awful. It's it's a good mix. It's just, and it's tight and compressed, but it's just it's just it's compared to some some of the previous records. I think it's not hasn't got that big bottom end that you know. I think also that the the, the way it's produced is is quite sort of fashionable now. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. 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 So maybe it's due a maybe it's due a fifty year uh, reappraisal then. Yeah. What's interesting is that yeah. I didn't know. Did you know that they because uh, they after uh, the war after this right, which was uh, was it again the terrible one, Street Rats, nineteen seventy five. They kind of they sort of went quiet. I think that was the last one by, and then he reconvened the band, but in a sort of proper like metal style. And they went out on tour. They supported mm. Jesus Priest. Do you know? This? Yeah. And then 1981 Worldwide Blitz Tour, which was their point of entry <laughs> tour with Maiden and Whitesnake. 
Right. That's weird. Yes, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's it's interesting what you it's mods and rockers. So. Steve Merritt was like, you know, the, well, the the ultimate mod, wasn't he? You see, back in the day, mm. he crossed all the way to the, you know, the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> it seems Is there like... any recordings that survive of that era, Seb? Do you know? Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a question to be asking Webster this question. I, I mean, just be a curiosity. There's it sounds, like, inter- a, sounds like a total some... car crash. There's I listened to a bit of the, um, the that album, right? The, 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 the album that Humble Pie were touring in 1981 is an album called Go to the Throat. And if you look at it, the, the album cover, is it's like classic early 80s. It looks like really bad sub tap sort of like. But the music sounds exactly the same as this. It's they, they haven't kind of, it doesn't go all kind of double time, chug, 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 big, big splashy drums. It's just like this, you know, <laughs> exactly like this. It's interesting what you were saying about him. Obviously, you know, Steve Marriott really kind of struggling because he continued um, to do, yeah, um, he reconvened, um, uh, reconvened Humble Pie in, in um, different formats. And I think he messed around again with the uh, with the faces a bit. And, and he had the packet of three, which was kind of a, a thing right. that he would take out to smaller, you know, to smaller venues. And there is actually some packet of three stuff on, on YouTube. They were They were quite popular on probably... Oxford Roadshow or whatever it was in the in the late seventies, early eighties on BBC Two. You know that was that other music program that you could that you could actually catch late at night. So, you, and you'd see him constantly doing it, and he would play. You know the, the 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 stories are that he would play anywhere for you know for for uh, a bit of beer money and and uh, you know that's uh, what and, think, and twenty Bensons. You know, um, Rock on Tours. I think Coverdale on the Coverdale's last Rock on Tours. I think he, I think it was him telling a story that he 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 went and went to a bar and saw, and there was Marriott playing with Packet of Three, and he was mm. just horrified at the state of him, and and he was just play, playing to pay his bar tab, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think it descended to that. You know, any time he needed money, he just pick, he just got to kind of pick up band together, and um, you know. Yeah, and and, and actually, yeah, well, exactly. the, the the shame was. I mean, anyone anyone that's that's been as famous as he would as he was would obviously you know pull people in um, to you know to 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 see their heroes. You know, no matter how kind of jaded and crap they got. But you know, he still had that voice. You go sort of certainly into the eighties. He still had that voice and that presence and that ability to to kind of belt and cross over. You know, between soul and 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 blues and, and the sort of heavier rock stuff. So, so, so um, see, it, when he that, the packet of three stuff that you've heard, he still he still sounds he still got that the voice. Yeah, still... yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I'll I'll dig out some links um for that because uh, yeah, it's you know, playing in a small club um in front of maybe two hundred and fifty people, something like that. Um, and yeah, just just still sounding not you know not in his kind of um let's say small faces pomp or, or, or early well or even right up to this album perhaps not quite at that level but um uh, you know it's not far off not far off at all and then you know it's still kind of um sends shivers down the spine let's say one of the things that, that interested me about this this record was the the way they're kind of creating that 70s rock sound and playing it so so well and then it's often imitated really badly subsequently by like the next jet generation of bands so songs like 99 pounds and every single day i know 99 pounds was a was a cover it's kind of on the face of it it's it's very sort of conventional but you realize the way they're doing it is at the time was modern and it's just so well executed and i, I remember 
um, when I was in my teens, going to sort of beer festivals and stuff in the eighties, and they'd have a you know a covers band, and they're trying to do that kind of genre, but it's this awful plod, you know. Oh, we're a blues <laughs> rock band, guys. Plod, plod, plod. That's and you, when you come back to the, how it's meant to sound, you go, actually, this is really good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think what they're doing fundamentally is absolute total meat and potatoes British rock plod. Yeah, yeah. Bollocks, mm. But actually, because of the, you know, because of his voice, because of the energy, because of the talent because the female backing vocals and because they've been around a long time, they kind of transcend that, you know, Yeah. even when they flop into genre cliche of like slow blues or gospel or whatever, it's still, it's still listenable and it's still got that energy about it. You know, that kind of urgency, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's an urgency throughout. My one sort of concern is I liked it so much on first listen that is it an album that I would get bored with after three four five listens because sometimes i get that when there's a sort of an immediate appeal of something very true yeah. to an album which grows on you over time that it's the growers often that i then become the ones that i really love and have a long-term kind of staying power mate it's their seventh what? album you've got you've got six albums to if you get a bit bored of this one you can go the previous six <laughs> happy days They're yeah be better as well this is meant to be the kind of way down so it's going to your listening improve your listening experience is going to improve as you go backwards in time I think that's a really that, that's a really good point actually. I, I've listened to this and it reminded me how I felt listening to those you know those first couple of ZZ Top albums, um, which I didn't buy until probably Eliminator was out, and I kind of went back and listened to those first couple of albums and that that you know that rawness and that lack of pretension and whatever that was there. Um, you know there was there were some songs from those albums that have kind of stayed in my heart but would i listen to those albums all the time no probably not they probably would get a bit you know they'd probably get a bit dull um but i still get a real sense of excitement if i if i revisit them occasionally i think this would be the same for me with this album now there's so many cover versions i, I was thinking this earlier and i was thinking uh, what somebody should do there probably is such a thing we could create your own playlist if you took all the the the, 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 the marriott originals from these records and Put, put a playlist or record together with those it'd be it'd be fantastic you know what i mean but there's mm. so many covers in all these records there are, there are lots and lots and lots of cover versions and they're obviously they're just not as good as the originals so i think yeah. that probably has a lot to do with that i think you're right yeah yeah absolutely um and you uh, steve you mentioned um jerry shirley as a, as a hero and he's he's still keeping the um uh, the the flame of humble pie alive every every couple of years. Um, Does he? But but seemingly they only they only tour Japan. I mean he's the only original member. Yeah. Um, yeah. they've got um, Dave Bucket Colwell on guitar, who's a fantastic guitarist. I've seen him. He's he's kind of a go to guy for a lot of um, legacy acts, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, and um, yeah, and they're they're huge huge in Japan. There's there's this kind of clamour to, to to get them to tour every every couple of years. So they have to kind of get it all back together. But um, I know as as far as uh, unless he's died, um, in in the last uh, few weeks, um, as far as I'm aware, that they you know they they still they, they will still sort of roll it out every couple of years. Oh right, interesting. So they, they so hang on. So Jerry Shirley tours Japan as Humble Pie as the only original member. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that. I don't days. know if he calls it Jerry Shirley's Humble <laughs> that's Pie. That's no that. <laughs> <laughs> all that's left, isn't it? That is literally all that's left. It'd be all right. <laughs> that's that's all right. Isn't it? Isn't it? Bobby Blotzer's rat. It's just Bobby Blotzer and and 
session musicians. I love it when it's just the drummer is the only surviving member. It's brilliant. <laughs> they have to be. Well, you have a couple of beers, it'd be all right if you like them, you know. Just... I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm not saying I wouldn't go, but it's just yeah. funny, isn't it? When, when, yeah, when, it is hilarious. Yeah. It's not as good. My favourite is the competing bands, yeah, the Wishbone Ashes, all the, all, the, all the different versions of the bands mm. all kind of still out, you know. There's, in a classic rock a few months ago, there was the, they did a review. They reviewed both Wishbone Ashes in the kind of <laughs> really properly. <laughs> <laughs> both were brilliant. Do they have slightly different spellings or something? No, like one's Martin, Martin Turner. One's Martin Turner's Wishbone Ashes. One is whoever the other one is. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, that's enough about Wishbone Ashes. Uh, does anybody <coughs> have anything else to say about this before we uh, before we move on? No, yeah, that was good. Oh, was there anyone? No. One, two things. Does anybody know what a Thunderbox is? Uh, I do, but only because I read it on Wikipedia. What was that, Steve? Sorry, I know. I know what it is from First World War slang. If that's what we're talking about. Okay, so Steve Webster, you, you're the only person who doesn't know what a Thunderbox is. Would you like? To no, it's this? a it's a bleeding Carsey, isn't it? The toilet. Yeah. 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 So, that was, that was um. The cover's Did good. You, I, I'm going I'm to preempt you here, sir, because I don't know if you were about to ask this, but before we start, I wonder whether people feel that they could um, name their favourite original and favourite cover. Can I, can uh, I ask that? Hmm. Um, That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Yes, easy for me. Uh, shall I dive in? Yeah, go on. I, I like uh, favorite cover was "Can't Stand the Rain." I thought better than the original, just fantastic. And the fa my favorite track, and I hope this is original, "Rally with Ali." Yeah, I like that as well. That, that, that's that, that, I thought that, it was just knockout. It's like the drums are so John Bonham. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. I know that there was a lot of mutual admiration back and forth between Number Five and Led Zeppelin, uh, but but. If you listen to the drums, it is so Bonham what he's doing. It's unbelievable. It's, it's fantastic. It's the only drum I've heard who can convincingly, I mean, it's not recorded as, as as fatly as Bonham, but what he's doing, it's very, very similar in feel. There's, there's a thing on drums, which Mr. Gibbs can tell me what it is, but it gets me every time, which is something to do with, you hit the hi-hat and it closes as you hit it. And you also do the bass drum at the same time. So it goes, tch, tch, tch. And I just love that sound. See, what is that technically? Come on, <laughs> has it got a name? Chop, chop, chop. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to probably see it explained slightly more, slightly better than that. To... <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it's <laughs> it's better than that. It's like that. Listen to Rally with Ali. It's there all the time. It's a classic sort of funk type trick, and I just something about it just makes me go, oh yeah, that's so good. It's probably a piece of cake to do, but anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It is. But, uh, well, I I slightly disagree with the bottom thing because I think it's um, it's so much. It's just, bottom can't as uh, I have to just I have to agree with um, you know, Ginger Baker really when he said bottom can't swing for shit. And I know everyone. If there are if there, anyone's listening to this and there are comments, I'm gonna get slated for it. But I agree with that. And whereas Jerry can swing for shit, and um, he's oh, it's uh, not. It's if, a, bottom, it's if bottom tried to play what that song it would just sound it would sound really overplayed whereas jerry shelley gets the ghost notes right it's just so beautifully played that that's about i i agree with the two choices there my favorite cover is can't stand the rain and that's that one for the drumming as if it is an original i hope it is yeah. uh, i'm i'm going for i like thunderbox the title track and uh, i liked um oh, Lord, you know, the last song for the cover i oh, was talking about covers uh hang on has everyone said their favorite 
original steve webster have you said your favorite original then i haven't no so um yeah uh, favorite original is just um over every single day it's uh, rally with ali um i think uh, i can't stand the rain is totally there to show steve Marriott's voice off but i i, I just fell in love with 99 pounds so i'm going with uh, rally with ali and, and 99 pounds cover art's good isn't it do you all like the cover art yeah there's a yeah. bit of sort of 82, 83 ACDC to that as well, isn't there? Yeah. I thought I was getting Love Hunter vibes. Fly on the wall. <laughs> mm. Yeah. We all like it. Steve Gibson, you're a bit quiet on this one. Oh, what? So, what are we talking about? Cover... <laughs> <laughs> the name of the album? The cover art. As a, as a, as a microwave just ding. I, I, as I say, I, just, I, I literally, I didn't really look at it that close. It was just I out on Spotify, so I just had it on when I was working and driving around today, so... Well, it's like, you know, it's a door with a keyhole in it. And if you look in the keyhole, it's a, it's a, it's a naked woman on the toilet, Steve. Oh, is it? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, you should, I, have I, a, I you should go back to that one, mate. Down a bit, so, um... <laughs> you <laughs> mentioned, actually, just go... I wanted to go back on one thing there, because obviously you mentioned Bonham, and, and the, the, the kind of thing that we haven't talked at all about is the fact that Marriott was chalked for, for Led Zepp before, um, before Robert Plant. Ah. It, and I kind of... I wonder whether, you know, because obviously voices, you, you're talking about two amazing voices, but I wonder whether Zep would have had the same success with, with Marriott, whether they would have had the, the mysticism perhaps that, um, uh, the, 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 they got with, with, uh, with Robert Plant. I think, I think that would, the, the, the two choices that I've heard about that, that they wanted to go with were Terry Reid and uh, Steve Marriott. I think both would have been better than Robert Plant. I mean, Robert Plant, we, you get, you're so used to him and, yeah, yeah. He's he's there, and he, he's never not there, is he? Yeah. But no, I I, I, can't, I think he to me he's always been the weak link. Just that oh. I never liked his voice particularly. I mean, it's, actually, so, and those two guys are an awful lot now, more. But... Uh, they're both an awful lot more fun than Robert Plant as well, aren't they? As um, as Terry uh, Reed, Terry Reed as Reed would have been amazing. Would have been absolutely yeah. amazing. Mm. So yeah, the other thing was, do you know that um, Steve Mayer also um, auditioned for the Rolling Stones after Mick, Mick Taylor? No. Yeah, they want they all wanted him and and Keith wanted him, but he uh, he upstaged Jagger in the audition apparently. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised to be honest. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He just couldn't help himself. I think Keith said, "Come on, Steve, just just keep it, just play guitar, just kind of keep it, keep yeah. it simple." And they started jamming out, and he just couldn't help himself. He went to the mic and gave it all this, and Jagger was like, "Fuck off, man!" <laughs> I do. <laughs> so so yeah, he failed, and they got Ronnie winning instead. Uh, right. Anyone else before we go on to uh, uh, yeah? Before we go on to uh, the next record and the next choice for the next episode. Doors on the doors. Oh yeah, good. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So out with uh, uh, we're doing marks out of a hundred. Let's go from uh, on my screen here, Marcus. What's your uh, summing up and score out of a hundred, please? Well, a hidden gem, an absolute joy. I'm going to listen to the entire catalogue now. So thank you, Steve, for this fantastic recommendation. Um, a couple of weak tracks out of 12. I think that if I'm doing it mathematically, that's probably 90 marks out of 100 from me. 90? Yeah. Okay, now. <laughs> 90. <laughs> I think this is this is going to take 90. a few weeks to settle this down. This is <laughs> 90 in the first one. I think these scores are sick, uh, statistically in significant. It's got seven <laughs> cover versions. <laughs> Don't Dear care. Dear. It's just joy. Right, it's Mr. Webster. Uh, a good, uh, uh, yeah, a good 65 for me. Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Gibson. Uh, summing up, would I buy it? No. 
Um, well, I, I would, I'm happy to stream it, but you know, um, really uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed the drumming, especially. It's uh, it's a seventy for me out of hundred. Okay, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with everything you said, apart from Marcus. Let's just I'm turning the wick down a little bit for Marcus, but I'm agreed with. I'm going the same score as uh, Steve, uh, so I'm saying sixty-five. So. Yeah. Yeah, 65. So, so we've got a 90, uh, 70, and two sixty-fives. If anything beats that, I will be staggered. I'll be Who knows? Staggered. Well, we, we wait to I see. Have to say, well, yeah, I have to say, though, well, Mr. Webster, I have to say, this is this is not entering into the spirit of things particularly. It is, <laughs> I wouldn't say this is questionable. <laughs> this, is, this is quite clearly quite good. So yeah. anyone who's coming to this thinking, you know, it's all going to well, be like this. It isn't. I think, well, I think we all knew what my first choice was. Um, but, no, I don't um, think we do. <laughs> what, in the army now? We, in the army now? Was that going to be your first choice? Well, it, well, it was. Um, but we did that. We did that. We <laughs> just for, for the listeners who, who, any listeners, all listeners who don't know what we're talking about. This, this, this whole pod came about because we used to do this, but on on a WhatsApp chat group. So we used to have someone would choose an album, and we'd we'd all listen to it, or not sometimes, Marcus. <laughs> and uh, and we'd write. I listened to the whole damn lot in the army now. And so we we did this, yeah, we did this on WhatsApp before now, and uh, we did um, we did in the army now, <laughs> which was the worst one we've ever done. I don't think perhaps, <laughs> easily perhaps, even. Perhaps what we could the... do as as an as an Easter egg for the listeners is we could um, get the, the the transcripts of that off of WhatsApp and um, and oh, that's uh, quite good. Up. Yeah. Well, if you can be asked to do that, Steve, then then be my guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, thinking, get AI, uh, just get AI to do it. Get AI to do it. <laughs> Um, and what we're always in the middle of we're in the middle of no, we weren't. That's it, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. We've, we've got everyone's. We've got everyone's scores. Okay, so uh, because um, I chose, well, sort of chose Jurassic Symphony. Steve did Tank. These, these are all episodes that no one's seen or heard. <laughs> and uh, Owen isn't here. Webster did this. Marcus, that means you have this week's uh, the honour of choosing our next album. So would you please? We need some sort of um, tape. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's called a drum roll. Like, is what we need right now. And if anyone could do that for us, maybe helicopter sound. Yeah, over. Helicopter, <laughs> sound, helicopter sound. Helicopter sound. Well, my choice for our homework for 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 next week or next time is a debut album from I think it's 1983 or 84. It's called Burning the Witches, and it's by Warlock. <laughs> German metal <laughs> titans, Teutonic titans, I think they were often known as. <laughs> Hair metal, scantily clad lead singer. Who was the singer? Who was the singer? Warlock. No idea. No. Completely forgotten. No. <laughs> yeah, she's she's completely gone from my mind altogether. <laughs> Good choice. I have to say, I've Good never choice. I've never heard this album. I'm not. So, I'm just throwing it out there because. Um, uh, surfing the web today, somehow I got back onto Doro Pesh, <laughs> and um, and I thought this will be good. This will be a good listen. What was the one? What was the one? Um, was it Triumph and Agony? Was that was the best known one with the wizard on the front? Was it called Triumph and Agony? Warlock? Didn't uh, they all have wizards on the front? Yeah, no, there was something about steel <laughs> as well. Wizards and Doro. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, excellent. Very good, Marcus. I think it's a very good choice. I've never heard a whole Thank song you. by them, so, or her, so it's going to be quite interesting. You've never heard a whole song by Warlock? 
or, or Dono or whatever, you know, any of the incarnations all through the years. You've yeah. never heard a song? Never, I've never heard a whole song, you know. I was going to say, because I know you watched, the, you watched The Rock School on Doro, and you were the one who told us about her classical phase, her industrial phase, her... They didn't play, they didn't, they didn't play excerpts, the whole, isn't it? They didn't play any whole song, yeah, so... Yeah. Well, <laughs> fantastic. Well, if we get scores like this next week, I'll be absolutely flabbergasted. <laughs> Looking forward to your 91 next week, Martin. <laughs> All right, fantastic. That's it. That's uh, uh, so, well done. So is this, is this available on Spotify or, or um, Seb, do you want to send us all one of your spare copies? What? Oh, see. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, the new album. Actually, that's a good point. I haven't even searched it up. I, um, it will I'm be. It, it will be. It will be. It will be. Let me just have a look now. It will, it will be. I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Uh, can someone talk amongst themselves while I look this up on my well, the, the other thing that might be coming, might be coming up as a, as a as a special for all the listeners it could be a, as if there's a gig coming up soon, um, which could we could do a little live review of. Oh, <laughs> so, it is on Spotify. Yes, it is on Spotify. Marvelous. Uh, Nineteen, yeah, nineteen eighty four, and it's uh, nine songs, thirty six minutes of pure joy for us all to uh, to uh, listen to. Uh, it's got song- how many minutes? Ninety six. 84. 36. 36 minutes. So 1984, nine songs, 36 minutes. I mean, you said six, perhaps that's your mark out of 100. I don't know. I'm just looking at the song titles. Homicide Rocker, Hateful Guy, Sign of Satan. All right. That's a bit more like it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, roll on. So we've all got to go away and listen to that. And uh, I urge anybody, any of you, Anyone having to listen to this, I, I urge you to listen to it as well, and we'll be talking about it all the time. Hopefully, with Mr. Oakshot uh, uh, joining us as well. I know he's always got a lot to say about Doro. <laughs> uh, that's it, really, isn't it? So um, right. now let, we're, we're all going to say goodbye and um, and then leave the app open because last time the, the, the reason this thing is the first one, not the last one, was because my audio didn't upload, so we couldn't do anything with it. So. Uh, I will say goodbye. Thank and thanks to everybody for joining us this evening, and um, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, Marcus. Goodbye. Thank you, Mr. Webster. Goodbye. Thank you, Mr. Gibson. Bye bye. That was all. That was all very um, university challenge. The way we did that, I like that. <laughs> was there much Doro on there? I don't know. I... <laughs>